What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed? What would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of Global Swedish Design and stationery brand Kiki K, and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. so excited to be speaking with the inspiring Jody Shield in this episode. Jody is a top well-being influencer, award-winning blogger, meditation expert, inspirational speaker, broadcaster, mentor, and author of Life Tonic, a modern toolbox to heal your life and soothe your soul. Based in the UK and previously a high-flying business director in advertising, she has first-hand experience of the stress epidemic that plagues our modern world. She has been affectionately referred to by the Daily Mail as the glamorous face of well-being. After taking the leap to leave her corporate career and follow her passions, she now supports people to process the past, be present and create a life they love. She's the first European meditation ambassador for global brand Lululemon and has sell-out residencies across London, including her own Lifetonic events. As a consultant, Jody works with global brands, including our very own Kiki K, to inspire, teach, and change lives. Jody is an amazing example of someone who has taken control of her own life, jumped into the driver's seat, and by discovering her passion, is now living a life of purpose. So in this episode, you'll learn how tapping into your inner child can help you get more in touch with your true self, the importance of writing down and visualizing how you want your life to be, how finding what drives you, what lights you up can help you live a more fulfilling life, and so much more. I just know you are going to love this episode. So let's get right into it. Well, hello, Jody, and welcome to our Dream Life podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time to speak with me today. I'm super excited, and I know we're going to have so much to talk about. You have had such a journey from a career stuck in the corporate cage, as you have referred to it, to becoming a well-being warrior, meditation expert, and spiritual healer. I can't wait to explore your inspiring story during this podcast. But first, I'd love to take you back to your childhood. What were your dreams for the future when you were a child? Wow, what an incredibly powerful question to start with. You know, I'm going to get to that in a moment. But it was so interesting writing the book because when I took time off to write, I'm sure you can relate to this as well. The writing process was so cathartic and it really it unlocked those childhood 
memories and those childhood times more so than anything else that I'd really practiced. And I really got into my childhood again through writing the book. And I remembered many things that I didn't remember um, or had never remembered. So it was really interesting connecting to that aspect of me in a much deeper way than I had before and really, you know, talk to her and communicate with her and understand her more. So I feel like when I finished writing the book, I had a much deeper understanding of my childhood and I could remember many more things. But anyway, to go back to your question, what dreams did I have as a child? The biggest thing for me was that I really, really wanted to work with animals. Like it was, it was huge. And I wanted to be a vet and I wanted to look after sick animals. And then I wasn't particularly academic at school. However, I ended up having lots of animals in my life that I would nurture and nourish and look after. And so I feel like and that was the biggest thing. And, and through that connection with animals, I, I just became more and more intuitive. So I say that. And then that was kind of my biggest dream. And I I wasn't particularly interested in school, just wasn't that driven or focused because that just wasn't my journey with school at that time. And so I didn't really have any dreams around career or wanting to be get into Oxford University or any of those kind of big milestones. I think my dreams were so much more about creativity and connecting with people and having animals in my life and, you know, just being in people's lives and being present with people. So, yeah, I think that was that was kind of what was going on with me as a child. So what made you then go into being, I guess, a high-flying advertising business director to change your path completely? So I feel like when we go into higher education. I sense that very often we aren't really ever aware of all the options that are available, especially when I was early 20s, late teens. We're not really aware of the options that are available to us. And if you're not necessarily on a path of academia and you're a little bit more alternative, there's not really much or there wasn't really much available to me um, that would really resonate with who I was at that time. And so what I did was I fell into a marketing course in my college and I really liked that. Something about that really lit me up. And it was probably because it was in alignment with the first part of my journey. So it really guided me into its industry, I sense. And then I went to university, did a marketing degree, and I specialized in advertising. And so without really understanding what I was doing or, you know, again, what the options were, I fell into a career in advertising and then I, I worked my way up. And I, I remember distinctly, I have lots of memories like this, but a collection of memories really where I'm in this corporate office and in that moment, just thinking to myself, you know, is, is this it? This is it. This is it. This is the rest of my life here right now. This is it. And just feeling so trapped and suppressed um, and anxious and all of those feelings and sensations that you experience when you are off your path or out of alignment or you're kind of not following your truth. And I feel like so many people can relate to those feelings, you know, and, and on a deep level are, for me, one of my biggest values, we talked about values, we've talked about values a lot, but one of our, one of my biggest values is freedom. You know, I'm a Sagittarius star sign, I'm fiery, like I want to be independent and free. And 
So when I'm stuck in a, an environment that doesn't support that, it squashes me immensely. So I think I just got to the, the point where my anxiety and my feelings of being squashed and, you know, not being able to breathe really just overpowered me so much that I had a meltdown and I was in, in bed on and off with illnesses. And yet when I look back, it was clearly stress related. They were all stress related. And then I remember particular, particularly strong, powerful experience where I was kind of just lying in my bed feeling so hopeless and powerless and stuck that I started to dream and this inner light just flicked on and I started to daydream about where I wanted to be and I think it was the first time I really allowed myself to to dream and to connect to who I was and what I wanted out of life and it took me to a place that was way out of London and was um, full of really interesting new cultures and people. And so, yeah, a couple of weeks after that, I ended up giving in my notice and having a sabbatical from the job that I was in and booking a one-way ticket to South America, and which is quite a big thing for me at the time because I hadn't ex- allowed myself to really tap into my, my freedom value. At that point, I was still stuck and thought I had to be contained So I went off to South America and lots of very powerful experiences awaited me there. The most powerful experience I encountered while I was there was that I had the opportunity to go into the jungle in Peru and work with an indigenous tribe and the indigenous tribe called the Shipibu people. And they're very prominent in that part of Peru and they're Amazonian. And yeah, so to have the opportunity to work with that tribe. And when I say work, I'll explain a little bit about what I mean. So indigenous tribes, they often heal themselves and others through plant medicine. So they will go in isolation for, you know, six to eight months and diet plants and meditate with plants and tune into plants and and receive insight and guidance from plants in terms of what these specific plants are used to heal or to cure in people. So there's one particular plant medicine, which is very, very powerful and should only ever be really ingested under the supervision of the people that have really worked with it for a long time. And and you take it in a ceremonial nature. Anyway, it's really very powerful at guiding you to look inside and to uh, connect to the old kind of traumatic memories from the past that you've subconsciously hidden away and you can you can really connect to those and 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 bring them out and and heal them and transform them and let them go in a very safe space so I went into this experience and I ended up healing many deep topics that I was holding on to that I was mainly in denial about which was very interesting for me and I, I did a lot of group sharing with the group and that was the first time I'd really opened up and shared and spoken about myself really so extremely powerful experiences. And I'm, I'm to this day so grateful to have that opportunity to work with the Shipibu people because it's very rare that you get an opportunity to work with a, a, an indigenous tribe. And so when I came out of there, the experience, um, it was incredible because during the ceremonies, the Shipibu tribe had predicted many things for me. They predicted that I was going to be a doctor. They were calling me a doctor. And of course, my ego immediately went into, oh my gosh, I've got to go back to uni and 
trained for seven years. Oh no, and I'm not academic and all of this stuff that was coming up. But really, I got what they meant. And what they meant was that, you know, I, I was kind of put on this planet to support people with healing. The, the first of evolution of my journey really was being an alternative therapist. So I was supporting people. I had a clinic in Marlebone in London. I was seeing, you know, people back to back um, over three days a week. I was seeing thousands of clients and my clinic was always full and it was amazing and then you know and yeah yeah and then my my work kind of slowly evolved over the over the years and I ended up doing something that I love actually and I, I kind of have woven in enterprise and conscious business and helping you know women find their power and, and really a lot of my work now as an advanced coach is to help people to tap into that inner power but all of that started as my journey when I went into the jungle and really stepped into my truth and owned who I was and accepted that, you know, I was to go down this very, very different path of, of empowering people and helping people. That is amazing. What a great story. And you took such a big step leaving the safe career to pursue your passions and to go traveling. And I'm sure that wasn't an easy decision, but what were the major obstacles you faced along the way to kind of take that decision and how did you overcome them? So you're so right. It was a really, you know, interesting decision because being brought up and raised in a family uh, who entrepreneurs and business people and have kind of never known what it's like to really not work and to take time out and to, you know, go find yourself and go find what lights you up and all of that, which is what I did you know, trying to explain to them that, you know, I'm just going to take some time out. I'm going to go and put myself back together. And, you know, it was um, not that they weren't supportive. They they are supportive. But, you know, when you make big changes in your life, you know, you have to, you know, when you ask for support from people around you, you have to understand that not everybody's going to understand what you're doing. And some people think you're mad. <laughs> so it was, I guess, people questioning, you know, wow, like, what is it that you're doing? Like, is this, is this right? Like, you know, to take time out at your age, is that a good idea? So definitely the self-doubt started to creep in. And then also, you know, I believe that as humans, we have the capacity to experience the full spectrum of emotions and qualities within us. So you might label people as, oh, she's very extrovert and out there, or, oh, he's very introvert and likes his own space. And I kind of feel like I'm both. <laughs> so I feel like we all are both, really. And so it depends on the environment, doesn't it? So for me, I, you know, I'd never really been on my own that much. And I'd never really been without support and friends around me. So to go into a completely new country, um, a new continent, South America, and to travel around different countries like that, which were deemed to be quite dangerous, actually, by by us, by a lot of Westerners, it's deemed that South America is quite a dangerous country. So I think that was the biggest thing was like, you know, the expectation that I was going to be unsafe while I was there and traveling around was was quite scary. And then also, I am very much an experiencer. And what I mean by that is... I don't tend to take hours out of my day to do research and to read up on things. Um, I very much believe that I, you know, it's life's about really showing up and tuning into yourself and then all, all the information comes. 
And then the, the energy that you might spend in researching might be better off uh, spending with your family or whatever. That's just my my view. And it was my story for a very, very long time. And then I realized that I was sabotaging my research side. So now I ha- have started to research at the same time. I didn't do any research. I didn't really know what I was getting myself in for. And I think that looking back is was such a good thing. Because if I'd have known that I was going to go into that experience, A, I would have gone in there with fear and anxiety and nerves and probably, you know, would have been very afraid of what was going to happen to me. And B, you know, I feel like when you kind of go into these experiences with an open mind, so much more can happen. So much more can happen. And it's really, you know, you go in there with with no expectation and that's when magic happens. Mm. So yeah, they're my main things. Yeah, really interesting. I think we all need to do, do more of that to really experience what life can give us if we give us ourselves the, the opportunity to do that. I know many of our listeners who will be listening to this and relating to your story of being overwhelmed by stress of the modern life. I think a lot of us are like that. So being able to take that leap must be so empowering. And I also personally believe that we have the power to make positive changes in our lives and that jumping into that driver's seat of our own life is one of the first first things we need to master. And how to do that is the subject of one of my early chapters in my new book, Your Dream Life Starts Here. But do you have any advice for our listeners who might be thinking about making a big change in their lives, but might be a bit fearful of doing that? Absolutely. Yeah, something that's really serving me well at the moment is, is this very, very simple shift in mindset. So, you know, notice notice um, environments and situations that trigger you. Notice when that little voice comes up and starts telling you, you can't or I can't. So for me, it's the gym. So I like working out and I like, you know, at the moment, at the moment, you know, tomorrow it could change. But at the moment, I like high intensity hit training. I don't know why, because I'm not really a hit person, but for some reason, that's what I like to do at the moment. And it's it's intense. It's fast paced. It's like circuit training. And as soon as I used to go into that room and it's a dark room, my little voice used to say, you can't do that. You can't do that. There's no way you can't run. You're going to run on this treadmill for an hour and sprint. No, I mean, a minute and sprint. No way. You can't do that. You can't lift those weights. And I immediately looked at myself in the mirror in the room, met myself eye to eye. And I said, I can, I can, I can. So I've started really embodying the the phrase, I can, and I tune into everything energetically and emotionally as well. So if I'm saying affirmations, I really need to understand what the affirmation is doing for me on an energetic level, how it's shifting, how it's working with my body so that I can then, you know, teach it properly to people and help them understand any resistance that might come up while they're saying this affirmation. So for me, when I say I can, I feel this sense of opening my body immediately. I can. And my whole energy field shifts to like a vibration or a feeling of openness and possibility. And life is all about possibilities. My first spiritual teacher always said to me, whatever's going on in your life, Jodi, always stay open to all possibilities. Stay open to all possibilities. And that phrase has just stuck with me. Like this was five years ago when he told it to me. And whether I'm running a meditation, whether I'm doing doing a coaching session or I'm helping someone get really uh, tuned into their vision and mission and why they're here, 
then as soon as we hit some resistance, which is going to happen because resistance is, is a part of any creative process and any visioning process, if you just say to yourself in your mind, I'm open to all possibilities now, and I can, I can, I can. You don't even need to go on to explain what you can do. Simply just saying I can, and I'm open to all possibilities. Those kind of statements, as well as being very profound, energetically, they do really impact you and affect your energy body. And, you know, you know this better than anyone else. Really, our, our biggest goal or objective in life is to, is to keep our vibration high, keep our energy good. That, that really means if you're not sure about the terminology, and I, I don't use much, but if you're not sure what my vibration means, it really just means feeling good, feeling joyful, feeling happy. So if that's your only mission, your only job, your only goal, your only objective every day is I'm going to, my, my job today is to feel good, is to feel happy, is to feel joyful, then you're winning. And yes, you're going to come up against resistance and life's going to throw you things. And, and even when life does throw you things, you've always got a choice. So for me, I choose to protect what I call my alignment every day. So I choose to protect my energy. I choose to protect my vibration. I choose to, f- to protect how I feel. And that way, even if I'm going through something that's not so nice, uh, it will. It, my recovery time with that will be much faster. So staying open to all possibilities, I can immediately shift it. And I feel like those things are really, really important. And, and just something else that I was just going to mention that came up when you asked me that question was the reason why I feel like I was fearless in terms of handing my notice in and making that huge decision to change career and have nothing to go to. Actually, I had nothing, no plan B. My, so I, I gave him my notice. You know, I just went off and things started happening. That's how it happened. I didn't have a plan. Um, I was naively innocent. This is innocence is an incredibly powerful childlike quality. And we all were very innocent as children. The reason why it's it's a little takes a little bit more work for us to uh, cultivate that quality within us these days is that we're mostly disconnected from inner child because the inner child aspect of us is the part that's um, maybe suffering a little bit or maybe being suppressed by you because at one point in your life you decided that you know it was much better to be mature and grown up and adult and then you've kind of separated yourself from that joyful aspect and. So I, you know, when we connect to that joyful aspect of us, our inner child who is, who exists in the psyche, it's great because that curiosity, quality and innocence, you know, curiosity opens doors. Innocence is an amazing quality to display and own because it's very naive, but in a beautiful way. And it's, you know, again, you can have really innocent kind of conversations with people that end up being very powerful ones. And so I think the word humbleness is coming through as well. And I think you and I were talking earlier about, you know, qualities we admire in in powerful women as well. For me, definitely is is a sense of humbleness. And that's what you have, Christina, in spades and our our other friend Ella has as well. And so it's like it's yeah, it's childlike curiosity, naivety, innocence and humbleness and just kind of allowing those parts of you to be here now in all your decisions even when the majority of your body or mind or heart is saying, no, this is the wrong decision, yet this, you know it's right. 
just keeping those kind of things in mind is is really powerful at helping you get to that next step. Mm, I love that. And it's funny, we are um, talking a lot about that at Kiki K that we tend to, as children, we used to dream and we get a lot of people saying, well, I don't really know how to dream. Obviously, that's part of writing the book. But as kids, we it's easy to dream, but we kind of tend to forget that. So we, we want to bring, bring that back to uh, everyday life. And being innocent, it's just, uh, I was, when we were talking earlier, it's, there's just nothing better than um, not knowing what you don't know, because then you can just throw yourself into it. If you knew every, every angle, and I think that's maybe what fear does to us, uh, stop us, because we think it's going to be uncertain times or whatever. But if you're really throwing yourself into it, there is always some gold in there if you dare to do it. Yeah, absolutely. That's so important. Yeah. And engaging the inner child is such an important part of dreaming, as you say. I totally totally resonate with that I think if you ask a child what would you do if, if you could do anything you know I actually did um, I did a dreaming exercise with Axel's class and one of the the boys in his class said he would have pizza on Mars that is a great dream because you know it's not impossible I just take a little while <laughs> From an outsider's perspective, and especially we were talking about this earlier again, that it's so easy to look at people's life from the outside. And if I look at your life and and a lot of people who know about you would think that you're living your absolute dream life. And of course, there is no such a thing as a perfect life. But in what do you feel like you're living your dream life today? Again, lovely, interesting question there. I feel like, we, again, we were talking about this earlier, but I sense that, you know, we have this in, innate drive to desire more and more and more. And there's a reason for that. And the reason for that is that, you know, and I'm a very spiritual person, but I, I feel like we have this life force energy moving through us that spurs us on, that inspires us, that, you know, triggers us creatively. And that life force energy is consciousness. It's like, you know, it's spiritual energy, it's consciousness. And that aspect that we plug into, its sole purpose is expansion. So we're plugged into that. So therefore, one of our big objectives is expansion. We can't get away from that. And people at this point normally say to me, yeah, but what about the homeless people on the street? And I'm like, well, their soul is on a very different journey at a very different vibration. And that's great. That's what they're going through. But people who are awake and aware and on a path of striving or, you know, high flying in a career, they they have this desire for expansion. So that is interesting because it means that we're never, it can breed the feeling that we're never fulfilled, you know, that we're not quite enough. And as we know, from the brilliant Marissa Pia, I'm not enough is the disease of humanity, really. And this this kind of sense that I'm not enough, I haven't got enough, I'm not doing enough, etc. And so that really, it's there, that is there, you know, that's always there. And so I say that right now, I am so grateful and so blessed and so lucky I would say to be where I am and to be, you know, having a, a, just an incredibly rich life, not, not just financially, but health wise. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of transformation happening for me this year and I love transformation. So this has been an incredibly powerful year for me. It's been a year where I've really realized my power and owned that, which is huge for most women to have to, to claim. Um, really to, to, to kind of allow myself to be full volume on stage and fully who I am 
and, you know, fully, you know, to talk about like, I don't know, sexuality and all those juicy topics that I love to talk about with people, but normally people find it uncomfortable. I'm very lucky to be able to be very open about money. And I love having conversations about finances and helping people with those. So I am very much living a dream life. I feel like the thing is, is that when we're in it, we don't always realize like, you know, that we are in this very amazing privileged place that we've actually worked very hard to get to. And for me, I think the the, the work was inner work. That was my work. It was inner work. I feel like the inner work piece for most people is is often the hardest because you have to look at yourself and face yourself and God own those disowned aspects that you've been running away from for 20 years. And so that was the work for me. And then for me, doing the work and making action steps, that's the easy part, really. For me, it's like, you know, the hardest is the inner work. And so, you know, if I reflect back on the last five and a half years, because it's been five and a half years, um, my journey with this business is five and a half years. When I reflect back and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. In fact, even if I look back six months ago, in fact, if I look back at the beginning of this year, in January, my inner voice said to me, right, Jody, this is the time for you to turn pro. <laughs> Those people that are looking at me from the outside will be like, yeah, but you've been ter- you've been pro for the last five years. And I'm like, nope, actually, I have been running away from turning pro. And what I mean by that, I'll explain what I mean by turning pro. What I mean by turning pro is accepting responsibility and the power of who I am in creating a very abundant, conscious enterprise. So that means that I have accepted the, it's not even an idea anymore, but I am a very powerful force for change in the world. I have accepted that I'm a global leader for transformation, for change, for light. And to do that, I need to have a a sustainable, highly profitable enterprise that's conscious, that cares about the planet, that cares about what we're doing to earth that is also really powerful in giving back. So that for me was huge this year, was to really start to go deeper with my why, go deeper with who I am, claiming who I am, claiming what my vibration was, and finding, recruiting incredibly powerful partners in the not-for-profit sector that I could really get involved with. And so that really anchors in the purpose of why we're here doing what we do. And, you know, how when we become a channel for great wealth, it's not about you having the money. It's about you being the channel to be able to then funnel out the the financial reward that you're receiving out into the world. It's like we are this great funnel for resource. And it, that was basically my, my biggest mind shift from January this year. And it's been very powerful realizing that and, and also running away from that. So, so obviously, you know, and I think that stepping into those, I, I call them the, the big girl Jody pants, stepping into the big girl Jody pants <laughs> and realizing that this is so beyond me. This is so beyond me. This is like way beyond me um, was, was really, really powerful. Mm. Thanks for sharing. That's some real, some real great things for our listeners to, um, to ponder. Thank you so much for sharing that. 
One of the things that I love about you, when we met and I, we just started Kiki Kane London, uh, you were so kind and helped me connect with so many people uh, that you knew. So first, I'd like to say thank you for that. That was so amazing. And I love that about you. And I'm really a big believer in the power of identifying who can help you achieve your dreams. And I've included exercising in my book for people to really stop and consider the people that can help them, uh, their dreams come true. One way of doing that is sharing your dreams because you never know who can help you. And um, I love that. But it, but also taking some time to write down who can actually help you with your dreams and who you want to meet, uh, who can inspire you. Did you have a support network to lean on during your journey? And if you did, how did they help you along the way? Because I think that will be quite interesting for our listeners to hear because they might trigger some ideas on how they can do the same. That's amazing. So first of all, to give you some background on me, I come from a family of very fiercely independent female business people and entrepreneurs who don't find it easy to ask for support or help. So when I started the business, it was challenging for me to ask for support from girlfriends around me, actually. And looking back, it was actually a way of, I find that when we don't ask for support, it's a a way that we sabotage ourselves and our progress because None of us are as smart as all of us. And, you know, if we don't make it together, we don't make it. So it's it's really, you know, important that we have support around us. So for me, my journey with this took me to my first spiritual teacher, actually, an amazing Irish guy called Damien Wynne. And he is still to this day, and I've met many, many spiritual teachers, but still to this day, he still remains the most kind of tuned in, ego-less teacher mentor that I've ever met. And he's not necessarily in the public eye. He's big at what he does, but he's not, you know, doesn't have books out or anything like that. He's actually dyslexic. His journey is not to be in the public eye and write loads of books. His journey is to be the light. And, you know, that's what he's done is he's channeled through his own technique and all of that. Anyway, I was so very lucky to find him because he really was the first person that supported me to kind of do that really, really deep inner work. And so meeting him really made me realize that unless I got myself out of the way and my limiting beliefs and fears, and unless I did that early on, then the business wasn't going to be as successful as it was supposed to be. And this is not about Jodie Shield needing the success. This is about Jodie Shield being a very clear messenger for the communication, the energy, the healing, the, the, the inspiration that needs to come through and out into the world. So he was my biggest supporter in the beginning because he, I mean, I went on a huge journey with him. He basically really taught me a lot about myself. And, and, and it's funny because I, I, when I, I've met a lot of very, you know, maybe a bit older spiritual gurus and teachers. And, you know, often they kind of say to me, wow, like you've learned so much in a short space of time. You know, it's taken me years to get to that um, idea or that teaching. And I think that some of us are just meant to go on a faster journey for different aspects of our lives. So I was just meant to go on a really fast journey and um, to know myself really quickly and then go off and do the work. So that was my first kind of big support system. And then then I started reaching out to my friends and actually I had to kind of let a lot of friendships go when I came back from that trip in South America because I actually didn't know who I was at that point. I was going through so much inner transformation 
I didn't know who I was. And so I didn't know how they would relate to me. So I let a lot of people go. But then when I started letting um, people in again, firstly, I expected no one would understand what I was going through, but yet they did. So that was amazing. They did understand. And then I'd say that early on, I went into a group, like an entrepreneur's association. I can't remember the name of it now, but I was in a a group, a community of other women. And that is very powerful because when you're tuned into the energy of a very inspirational group who are all doing really incredible things, it inspires you to keep going, even when it's hard, even when you feel like you can't do this. It inspires you to keep going. So that for me, just to surround myself with other women was really important, both because of the results that you know we got from it and the connections that I made, but also from a healing perspective for me, having not allowed other women in to support me for so long. So I think that, and then in terms of tips, I mean, I, I would say this because I am one now, but coach, having a coach has been one of the most interesting revolutionary things that I have done in my life. Now, I've had mentors and I've had healing people and I've had vibration people and I've had loads of different people around me, but never someone that was consistently showing up for me. And I feel like even though that first investment that you make in a decent coach who's high quality can be a big one, I really believe that when you make those kind of investments, you get it back 10 times over. And so when you're starting out on this journey, get some support from a coach or even enroll yourself in like a coaching program, a group coaching program, if you feel that one-to-one work is is too, too much of an investment at this stage. But we need someone who's there solely for us, cheering us on, telling us how great we are, telling us that they can totally see our potential, that we've got this. Whatever it is that you need to hear to really grow that muscle of self-belief to help you keep going when times are tough is so valuable. And so that, yeah, that's what I would share. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I was also I've been part of EO Entrepreneurs Organization, and that's been really great for me. And I've also had a coach. Actually, it was funny when I now launched a book. Um, I got an email from my first coach, which she was my coach when I just started Kiki K, and she sent me the email I sent to her because I couldn't afford a coach. My view was that I couldn't afford it, so I didn't want to waste my first hour with her telling her about me. So I wrote her a massive email. So she sent that email to me. <laughs> So you are a self-confessed lover of Kiki K products, which of course I love. So thank you for all your support on that. And I have noticed that you encourage people to use vision boards and journaling in your teaching, which I also love because that's also very in line with what I, I love. I believe strongly in the power of putting pen to paper, as you know, and writing down your feelings and dreams consistently and not just a one-off thing, which is obviously a huge part of my new book. But in your opinion, how important is writing, manifesting and visualizing to you personally? And what impact have these practices had on your life? Wow. The power of writing things down, the power of sharing things is just immense. I think that in those early days, and I'm sure you can relate to this as well, You know, in those early days when you start these kind of processes off, there's a little bit of embarrassment, isn't there, about like, oh gosh, if anyone sees this or, you know, if I share things, people are just going to think I'm mad. So that embarrassment or awkwardness or shame around really putting things out there can often close us down from the beginning. So I feel like 
you know, it's that in itself, what's going on there is it's just the form of you that is afraid of being visible. That's all it is. So once you get over that and you realize the power of sharing and vocalizing them, saying them out loud and repetition, then you'll, you won't ever not do it. So for me, I journal every day and I also have a script that I read out on my phone. Now I put my phone on to airplane mode when I do this, but and I don't ever sleep with my phone in my bedroom. It's as far away from the bed as possible. But what I realized was the power in actually uh, scripting our lives and scripting in how we want to feel in the morning. And it kind of crosses over to journaling, but you know, di- journal- there are different types of journaling depending on different kinds of objectives. Whereas scripting, I found really powerful. So I will I've got quite a long script and I will literally, I'll read it out every morning and it takes me about 15 minutes. And it, first of all, like, you know, there's a couple of general paragraphs about how I want to feel just to boost my mood. So it might be things like today I wake up and my thoughts are naturally positive and how amazing my life is and how exciting my day feels. And I know something incredible is about to happen in any moment and anything else that I want to script in there. And then I go on in chronological order to kind of script big life events that are coming up or I don't know, like launches or things that I've got going on in my business or in my relationship or in my friendships and just transforming the energy and the way that I feel around those future events is, is really has really been a very powerful practice for me. And also to to kind of look back and to to see, you know, I, I remember last night I was re- I was doing a script training actually in my group coaching program called Get in Flow, and I was doing a bonus session, and it was all about script writing. And I was reading out to the very end of the script, and it was so interesting because in December I'd written something about how I feel about my finances and money, and and I was like, oh, I'm already there. That's great, you know. It's December but I'm already doing it. I am already there. I can totally relate to that feeling right now. So then when that happens, you're like, great, I'm going to expand that. And my, my most powerful mantra, Christina, for this year, it's more of a question really, is, and I tell everybody to say this about 15 times a day, how does it get any better than this? How does it get any better than this? And that mantra for me is amazing when you're feeling down because of course it gets better. But equally, when you're feeling on top of the world and your most joyful self, asking the question, how does it get any better than this is an amazing invitation for even more expansion to happen. And it's great because we have to keep pushing ourselves into this space of learning and out of our comfort zone because we have to keep working our subconscious and working those limitations and expanding them. So how does it get any better than this? So I I basically, you know, I asked myself that like 15 times a day and <laughs> it's really, really amazing and helpful. And so when I notice something that I've achieved in the script, I'll go back and I'll expand it even more. I'll expand on it even more. So that was amazing. And then in terms of visualization, well, that's kind of a form of visualization because I get very in tune with the feelings, how I want to feel, what's going on around me. Basically, it's like a movie script. So when you're scripting, imagine if you're scripting a movie and you're really going into detail, you know, about where you are and you're taking a moment to be like, you know, it's the 15th of January and I'm sitting in this incredible place on Miami Beach and uh, sorry, Malibu Beach. And I feel 
you know, I can smell the ocean and I can hear the birds singing and I can feel the sun on my face. And I've just been brought a green juice and I'm so excited to drink it. So things like that is is my way of visualizing. That's how I visualize at the moment. But journaling is invaluable. And I, you know, I, I do a practice that you do. I know because you shared it just before we started the podcast. I basically just, you know, I'll journal two pages and then I'll rip it out, burn it, or it's just really a way of me clearing the pipes, clearing my channel. Um, and then on a full moon, so we've just had a full moon. So on the full, the full moon's a very energetically potent time for great things to happen. It's an accelerator. So when you want to let go of things and you're openly um, declaring that to the, to the universe on a full moon, you can literally feel those layers peeling off. And equally important is that when you're wanting to manifest and call things into the space that you just created by letting go, then equally potent time. So it's very powerful to do like um, an exercise of letting go and then calling in on the full moon. So what I do in my journal on those times, I have a a separate moon journal for this. Um, On one page, I say at the top, things I want to let go of. And on the other page, it's things I want to call in or manifest. And I just make a list of everything I want to let go of. And then I make a list of everything I want to call in. And I just light a candle and I just uh, breathe into my heart center. And I ask to get connected to this beautiful full moon. And thank you for supporting me to let go. Thank you for supporting me to call in and manifest these things. And then I just read out everything I want to let go of. And then I read out everything that I'm, I wanted to really call in. And I really get connected to the feelings and the you know, the, the idea that's already happening, everything that we desire has already happened. It's closer than we think. And so, yeah, that's how I'm really turning up the volume on my visioning and my journaling and my manifestation at the moment. Mm, I love all that. It's so, we are so aligned in so many ways. One of the exercises in my book is about um, visualizing it um, and then writing it down in the present tense. So if you want to achieve something in five years, you, you write it as it's happened. And I do find that so powerful because all, you are drawn towards making that dream happen because you're reminded all the time, um, especially if you're repeating it all the time. And I love your, I'm going to, I'm going to put that on my, um, on my repertoire, um, um, does it get any better than that? How does it get any yeah, better how does, than this? Yeah, um, I, I love this that. Is, I don't know if this is possible, but I will be absolutely more than happy to give you an iPhone screensaver that, that with that affirmation on it that you can upload to the show yeah, notes if anyone wants yeah. to download it. That would yeah, be absolutely. I have it. I think it's so important to have it on your phone every day. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's such a good reminder. I'll, we'll add that to their show notes for sure. It's funny. I um, I have a thing that I say every single day, many times, lucky me. And uh, when I say that, it just means that how lucky am I to be able to do what I get to do? Because there's so many of us that don't get have the freedom that we have to do what I that we do. And I always, even if it's challenging times, because we all have challenging challenging times, regardless of how it looks from the outside, we all some things we need to to work on. And I always think if I say lucky me, is that how lucky am I to be able to go through this and and then get through it to the other end? So it's um, mm, it's really powerful. To I love that. Really yeah. love that. Yeah, it keeps us humble, doesn't it? Really. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I'd love to hear any other well-being practices or habits that you make time for regularly um, to ensure you continue to live your best life. Mm. So you have a million, but you can I've choose a, a couple. Million. I've got a gazillion. <laughs> I've got 101. Um, yes, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to alternate with my tools in terms of what I feel like I need most of the time. So right now, 
I am scripting. I think I'll always be scripting. I'll always be reading out the script always, I think, because that's serving me so well. And I, you know, sometimes I go through periods in my life where I meditate every day. And sometimes I'll meditate, you know, a couple of times a week, four times a week. And what I realized was that when we kind of feel like we have to do something and it becomes like, it's like a very strict practice, it, it kind of creates resistance around it. And and yes, you know what, to do all of this kind of work that we're talking about and to live your best life and to be, you know, a very powerful dreamer, you do need to, it, it has to be a discipline, a practice. There's no getting away from that, it has to be. But if you just do one thing that's good every day, it doesn't need to be meditation is what I'm saying. So I got to the stage where, you know, I'm a very experienced meditator. So it's very easy. I can drop into meditation now, literally on the phone. I can do it with my eyes open. I can do it walking around. I'm very self-aware, very tuned in. And so I felt like I didn't necessarily need to meditate every day. And yet at the moment, I'm, I am. At the moment, I'm, I'm doing like a chakra meditation, which is basically focusing on the energy centers in the body and visualizing different colors at different energy centers. So for example, if you focus on your the, the root of who you are, like I'm going to say the anus, I, I mean, I'm very open about talking about different body parts, but the anus, and you would focus on red, the color red. You might stay there for a couple of minutes and then you'd move up to, if you're a woman, your womb, if you're a man, your kind of lower abdomen region, you'd focus on orange. And then you move your awareness to just above the belly button and you focus on yellow. And so just focusing on different colors has been very, very helpful for me, especially especially in terms of grounding. So I'm a very high energy. <laughs> I'm a very high energy. I, I love being like in the sky on an airplane. Like I'm very, very expansive. Yeah, that's good, but it's we need to be grounded at the same time. So for me, coming into this human body, coming into my confidence center, my sexual center, my hips and pelvis, my roots, all those parts of me has been extremely important. So I've been focusing a lot on that recently. Um, and it helps me feel really grounded, very confident in my life, it helps me get, get out of my head. And then also that a really great and quite short technique that I've been using a lot. So I am an EFT practitioner, which means that I am um, trained in a technique called tapping. I mean, it, tapping is huge. I'm sure many of you will have heard of it. So tapping is about you basically tap on energy meridian points around the body to unblock emotion and to relax the fight or flight response part of the brain and to release fear. And there are loads of benefits to this. Now, in the morning, we lie in bed horizontally, and that means that the energy in us is flat and horizontal. So when we wake up, you know, I sense that we need a way of activating our energy body. So that means that we need something that quickly gets us in the body and helps us feel alert and awake and inspired. So I begin, and I'm going to ask you all to do this with me, and I'm going to ask Christina to do this with me too. So look at your hands. And then if you just hold your little finger with your thumb so that you've just got three fingers showing, like you're saluting, you know, three fingers. If you just take both those hands and tap on the top of the cheekbone. So just below the eye, there's a, the cheekbone there. If you just tap on that. So I do this 20 times in the morning and I breathe in very deeply at the same time. <sighs> 
Ah, so this corresponds with your stomach meridian. So it's very good at um, activating your tummy, your nervous system in the tummy. Then I move on to I move on to your K twenty seven point. So if you um, trace your fingers to where the U bone is, just below the collarbone, there's like a U bone. If you went to a school where you had to tie a tie, or if you tie a tie now, then it's very easy for you to identify. It's basically like that U shaped bone, just where your throat is. And if you just trace your fingers to the bottom of that U-shaped bone and then move the fingers up the U-shaped bone to the, to the knobble, knobbly bit where it joins the clavicle, the collarbone, and then just slide your fingers down to the fleshy part just below, you can tap on that place. That's called your K27. And that is directly related to your immune system. So if you're feeling a bit coldy like I am today, um, tapping 20 times on this point while taking some really nice deep breaths in is going to really help energize your immune system. So next point is the thymus gland. So if you take one of your hands into a fist, I, I find it easier to take my hand, my writing hand into a fist. And I just start knocking on my heart center. So the space in between in the, in the um, center of your chest, that is basically activating your thymus gland, which is also known as the happiness gland. So that just switches you on again, even deeper, switches your thymus gland on, starts regulating the hormones in your body, your hormonal system, your nervous system. And then last but not least is your spleen point. So you basically take both hands and tap on your ribs. You tap on your rib cage each side. Now that, if that feels a little tender, that's okay. We tend to hold um, anger and a lot of emotion in our spleen. So just tapping on that point as well, 20 times, taking some really nice deep breaths in and just really releasing anything that you've been holding onto while you slept. So that four-part tapping sequence is very helpful for me. And it's the first thing I do when I open my eyes. I just start tapping straight away on my cheekbones. Then I go to my K27 point. Then I go to my thymus gland, the happiness point. Then I go to the spleen. And then I go and do some script reading. I'll go do some journaling. I'll go do meditation. And that's generally how my morning looks. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm definitely going to start practicing that. And actually, one of my... Uh, Next question was to talk about the, the your morning routine, but we got that all sorted. So thank you so much for sharing. Absolutely love learning some new things. So thank you. Um, what's your favorite Kiki K product if you had to choose one? Oh my gosh, so many. Well, I absolutely love your sleep range that came out last year. I love that because it just, sleep is such an important part of uh, recovery as a human being. And for me to be able to, to create a ritual around my sleep was just so important. And I use the face, I use the eye mask all the time. I've got three eye masks and one is in the wash and one is, um, I mean, they're really, really good eye masks. And then, and I'm, I'm on rot- rotation with yours at the moment. So I really like, really like using yours. Um, and just being able to, just to kind of like release anything that I've been holding on to during the day and to have some really lovely tea and just, like I said, make it a practice, actually, of kind of going to sleep has just been so, so, so lovely. So I absolutely love that. I also love your, I don't know what you call them, but they're basically affirmation cards. And you make so many different ranges of that, of the cards. And, you know, some you give out in, uh, during dinner parties, they're like conversation starters, which I love, questions. But also, I just love the inspiration cards that you have. And I can, I get, I love just giving those out to people. I'm a great 
sharer of information, as you know, a great like sharer. And so I just love passing things on. And so actually, I had an idea my own self uh, recently. Um, it, I was on the tube and I was sitting opposite probably the, the, the 40th sad looking depressed teenage girl that I'd seen that month. And I was so I just was so affected by seeing this, this girl. I was like, I've got to do something about this. I've got to do something about this. So literally in 24 hours, my assistant designed these little business cards and I call them happiness cards. And you guys have been doing this for years, but little business cards. And one of them says, happiness looks gorgeous on you and it's blue. And one says, never forget how amazing you are. And that's pink. And when I was the never forget how amazing you are, that was definitely for that teenage girl I saw on the tube. So I now give these out to people all the time. I give them out on the tube and I feel like, yeah, I sense that you guys definitely inspired me to go on that journey. But I give them out not only because it's for them and I, you know, it just, I, I believe that whenever we connect with people, we open up this cosmic circuit of energy and it's, it's just so powerful. And even if it's just an eye gaze or it's a, you know, an eye contact that you recognize someone, it's just so powerful. So I give these happiness cards out on the tube in London, which is, so yeah, it's good for them, but it also pushes me out of my comfort zone because, you know, if I had my way, it's so easy to just kind of slip into unconscious, being unconscious on the tube and being unconscious in places where there are lots of people because we're all just in our busy head. However, it's just been able to, you know, so many conversations. So like, for example, yesterday, I just finished, finished training with my personal trainer and I was walking down um, quite a busy high street in London and there was... um a a beautiful looking colored man on the street and he had his head in his hands and I just went up to him and I just put one hand on his knee and I was like are are you okay and then his carer saw me and came over he said oh no he's fine he's with me I'm just getting him a wheelchair and I was like okay I was like you know what I'm just gonna give him one of my cards so I, I whipped out my card and I gave it to him and he was just like I don't think he knew what it was but he just smiled at me and I thought even if it doesn't go to him, even if it goes to his carer or his carer's family, that's still just so lovely. And I find myself doing that naturally. Like I walk along the street now and I naturally go down without even thinking. I'll go and like speak to homeless people or I'll go and speak to people. And it's not about like helping them out financially all the time. It's actually enough. It's, it's kind of, it's not always about that at all. Actually, if you see people on the street, it's just about telling them that I see you, I see you, I'm here for you and you're a human being. And I, I acknowledge that. And, um, Another great thing that happened to me yesterday really was on the tube, there was this like elderly lady. She must have been about 80, I would say, 80, 85. She was on crutches and she had the most incredible pink hair and also the most incredible gold sparkly shoes. And I saw her shoes from a mile off because I, I love gold. I have, everything for me is gold, like like just gold. I have a gold wallet. Like I love the color, color gold. So like, I'm a magpie. So I ran over to her on the tube and I was like, you look amazing. Oh my gosh, I can't believe how amazing you look. She's like, thank you. I've just been to a tea dance in such and such. I was like, and you're on the tube. That is incredible. Like, how you, how do you find it getting around London? And we just had this amazing conversation. And I got hold of the pink, like, never forget how, you, how amazing you are cards. And I was like, I just want to give you this, you know, like it's got my Instagram hand on the back. And she's not going to understand. And I said, don't worry about the back. Just, just focus on the front, you know. And it's just, it's so, you know, I guess the cards are are an enabler to have great conversations with people, but I talk to everyone anyway, but I guess the cards have given me more confidence to just, you know, I I really don't care about what anyone thinks anymore. I'm so, so beyond that, like these days, like I really don't care. 
And I don't care if people like me or not. I don't care anymore. It's like my mission is too important to care now. That's lovely. And you know, it's so lovely to hear all this because I do really believe that there's so much we can do without financially supporting people because that's that's often stopping people. And we have at Kiki K, we actually have in our stores, everyone reports back each day one thing that they did above and beyond. That could be within service, but it could also be uh, helping someone over the street or telling them something or helping them. So it's really very much aligned. So the last question for you, if you could go back to your younger self, say when you were about your late teens, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? Never, ever, ever give up ever. Keep going, keep striving. You've got this. You can do this. You can do this. You can do everything that is, you know, you set your mind to. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Um, you are such a radiant light. Just keep going. Keep believing in yourself, even when no one else does. And stay true to yourself. Stay true to yourself. Stop worrying about what other people think. Just that is ne- that is not important. Um, I know how much you love to fit in, but that is just not important. Really, it's uh, just be you and everyone that's meant to be there will come into your environment and support you in the in the most beautiful way. Mm, what a beautiful way to end. What a great advice. I could not agree more. Um, before we finish off, I just want to say a massive thank you so much for first taking your time, but also for all the great things that you're doing to the world. I love how you have connected with me, so many amazing people in London. And I love how you are opening us all up to being more spiritual, but also to, uh, I love what you do with your meditation to the mainstream because I think a lot of us are inspired by well-being experts but you are really uh, taking it to the people who might not have ever been exposed to um, meditation so I love what you do and I'm gonna tap first thing in the morning and think about you and I think that's been so much wisdom for us all to ponder and um, and uh, apply to our own lives so thank you so much for sharing and I cannot wait to have another conversation we can talk for hours so we'll have to have another conversation thank for you Thank you so much. And to everyone that's listening, just just keep doing what you're doing. Amazing. Never, ever give up and feel excited in every moment. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. I am feeling so inspired after that conversation. What a joy to be able to speak with Jodie and learn how she came to be where she is today. I hope you enjoyed hearing her story and learning how she really took control of her life and followed her passion as much as I did. One of the most powerful things I took from her story was how by tapping into her heart and discovering what drives her, what lights her up, and making the decision to pursue that, Jodi was able to leave her stressful career and create a life of purpose. I believe so strongly in taking the time to focus on what you love, your passions. Personally, my journey is very aligned with Jodi's in terms of finding what I love and pursuing that as my career, my dream life. And in my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, you'll find chapters that are very close to my heart on finding and following your passions and the power of purpose. It's well worth reading and exploring for yourself to help you create your dream life, whatever that means to you. I hope this episode has left you feeling so inspired and excited to consider how you can tap into your heart, follow your own passions as a key element of creating your own dream life. If you haven't got a copy yet, I encourage you to get hold of my book and the Dream Life Journal that I have created to go with it, which is a great starting point if you want guidance on your journey of uncovering and chasing your dreams. Another great way for you to tap into the amazing power of dreaming in your own life, if you haven't already, 
is to check out my 101 Dreams audio guide at kiki-k.com forward slash dream life. It's a really powerful step-by-step audio guide I have recorded to help you tap into your heart and get down on paper a long, long list of potential dreams you may want to chase. I have helped thousands of people around the world with this, and I think you'll find it a great use of your time. And I would really appreciate your support with my big crazy dream to inspire 101 million people around the world to write down three dreams on paper and go and chase them. So if you found this episode useful, be sure to subscribe to my podcast and leave us a review to help us inspire even more people. And please help us spread this inspiring dreaming message and dream life movement to even more people by posting about it on social media with the hashtag 101 million dreamers and hashtag Kiki K dream life. Until next time, dream big. <laughs>